Amen. Thank you. All right. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 4. I want to draw your attention to this. It says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Okay? Uh, notice that term mirth there. How many know what the term mirth means? We don't use that word a whole lot today. But the definition of the word mirth is social merriment, hilarity, high excitement of pleasurable feelings in company, noisy gaiety, jollity. Mirth differs from joy and cheerfulness as always implying noise. Okay, so basically, I think a modern word that we would just use for mirth is entertainment. Wouldn't you agree with that, with that definition? You know, entertainment, especially... You know, public entertainment. You know, there's things that we all like to come to do together to be entertained, okay? Now, I'm not into this kind of stuff, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, they prefer, if they want to listen to music, they like to, like, go to a concert where there's a bunch of people. It's music. Why can't you just listen to it, you know, on your earphones in your bedroom, you know? But they, they like to go around people. You know, movie theaters, okay? I've never understood wanting to go sit around a bunch of strangers and watch a movie. I would rather do it in the comfort of my own home. You know, that to me that, but some people like, they like that public entertainment and entertainment is what our country is all about. Is it not? And it's not just our country. It's all, it's all over the world too. People love entertainment and notice what he said. So he says, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Okay, the house of entertainment would be a word that we would use today. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And I beheld this also as vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of mirth. What doeth it? Okay, this is Solomon throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. He's trying all these different things, trying to find happiness, trying to find out what life's all about. And he tried entertainment. That was one of the things that he tried was, was mirth. And we're going to go back to Ecclesiastes 7 later in the message. But it's, it's a lot of what we, we see there uh, in the beginning part of Ecclesiastes, the way he's kind of comparing different things. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It actually kind of reminds me of the Beatitudes, where Jesus, he's talking about a lot of things that we associate as bad, but saying they're good. And that's kind of what Solomon is doing here too. You know, the house of mourning, that doesn't sound like something that we would want to go to. You know, I would rather be in the house of mirth where there's joy and where there's pleasure and everybody's having fun. But he's saying, you know, that's, that's where the fools dwell. That's a house of fools. And there's a reason for that, okay? Now, I don't believe the Bible teaches that all mirth or entertainment is bad, okay? I, I, don't, believe, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying certain things and, and being entertained to a certain extent, but I want to show you something. A lot of times when we see mirth in the Bible, it being mentioned, it's something that the people are all into and obsessed with right before destruction. And have you ever looked at our country and, you know, just you see the junk that's going on in our country and you see the ridiculous and just the most you know, wicked decisions our leaders are making and we're like, why is there not an uprising? And I think a lot of it is because they've got a powerful drug they're able to give all of us to just calm us all down and to keep us all quiet. And what is it? It's on our television sets. 
It is entertainment. We are obsessed with entertainment. And whenever things get bad, we've always got these safe places we can go to where whatever problems we have, you know, Jack Bauer's problems are always worse than anything we go through. You know, no matter how bad things are getting in the world, Superman's always going to come and save the day. You know, and we, we see these things all the time. You know, the bad guys always get found out. Good always prevails. And we find comfort and that, and it helps us ignore things that we should be dealing with. But the problem is, I personally think these things are all simple. This entertainment is just a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen. It's something that's just, it's there to distract us. Something that is trying to shield us from what's really going on. And we see that in the Bible. I'm going to show you some verses on that. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 24. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, what Solomon was teaching there and what he's teaching throughout that chapter, we'll go back to in a little while, is basically that the end of the thing is what's important. You know, the fool only thinks about the moment that they are in. Okay? The fool doesn't think about the future. That's why it's foolish when you think about how much time we waste in entertainment. Things that just don't matter, things that don't produce anything, that don't accomplish anything, they don't make us better, it doesn't make us smarter, but yet we will just devote not only hours and hours of time, but lots and lots of money, too. And it, it's sad. And we're living in a country, uh, it's deathly sick, it's on a fast track to destruction, and people don't seem to care. And why is that? Same reason a lot of people don't care. They have a lot of sicknesses and things wrong with them. They've got drugs that they can take that mask the pain. That, and they take those things and it brings them comfort. And it's like entertainment is our drug that we have that causes us to just ignore everything around us. We see it every week when we go out soul winning where we're there trying to warn people about hell, but they're not interested in spiritual things. They're not interested in their you know immortal soul what are they thinking of? I got to get back to my TV show. I got to get back to my video games. I had that last week. Some guys was talking to. They're playing. They're playing Fortnite. That apparently is like the new game that's just taking over the world. All right, and I'm just like, you know, I have I have knocked on more doors of people playing that game. And let me tell you something about that game. It will kill your soul winning efforts because guys that are playing that game. They are not going to listen to you. <laughs> they they got to get back to their game. It, it's, it's sad, but you know, these are distractions that the devil has to cause us to just ignore things that are important. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 24. I've got a lot of scripture I'm, I want to go to tonight. Uh, a lot of things I, I want to cover just to kind of show you kind of a theme here that we see in the Bible. It says in Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lenders, uh, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver uh, of him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled unto the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Thereof the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. 
The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, all the merry hearted do sigh. The mirth of tabrets ceaseth. The noise of them that rejoice endeth. The joy of the harp ceaseth. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that, that drink it. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. There is crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. In the city is left desolation and the gate is smitten with destruction. One of the things you'll see in there, okay, God's telling them all this judgment that's coming because of all these things that they've done. It's clear that they can see that this judgment's coming. They know what they've done. But notice one of the things that mentions that when judgment finally comes, when destruction finally comes, what is it that has stopped? The mirth is now ended. The mirth has stopped. You realize that when destruction comes, the last thing that's going to go is the entertainment. People have a way. It's like we instinctively know when judgment's coming. We instinctively know when trouble's coming. And it's like we mask it. We hide from it through entertainment. And it's not until the judgment comes that the entertainment finally stops, but then it's too late. And in the meantime, what people should have been doing, they knew the problem. They knew judgment's coming. They should have been fixing these problems. They should have been mourning. They should have been getting things right. But what are they doing? They're not doing those things. They're running to what's easier. They're running to the entertainment. Just trying to ignore it. Just trying to hope it goes away. And or, you know, just it doesn't happen. Just comfortable where they're at. But then finally, it's just too late. And let me tell you something about our country. Our country, I mean, we are obsessed with entertainment like nobody's business. And not only that, I mean, we're good at it like nobody has ever been. I mean, let's just admit it. It's impressive what our entertainers can do today. It's impressive what Hollywood is capable of doing with computers, you know, with computer animation and stuff. And people were, were just addicted to it. Let's look at a bunch more scriptures that kind of uh, go along with this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be jumping around all kinds of places, but Proverbs 14:13 says, "Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness." Okay? People know deep down inside something's wrong. They're still laughing. They're watching the entertainment, but you know, the end of it's heaviness. It's like we know, it's like we know what's coming. The fact that we are as addicted to entertainment as we are, it's like our country knows. We instinctively know that we're in trouble. Jeremiah 7.32 Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall be no more called Tophet, uh, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, for they shall bury in Tophet till there be no place. And the carcasses of this people shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and none shall fray them away. Then... Will I cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, and for the land shall be desolate. Um, Jeremiah 16, verse 8. Thou shalt not go also into the house of feasting to sit with them, to eat and to drink. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will cause to cease out of this place in your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. And it shall come to pass that when thou shalt show this people all these words, that they shall say unto thee, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil upon us? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? 
Then thou shalt thou say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, saith the Lord, and they have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law. And ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, ye walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of this land, into a land that ye know not, neither ye nor your fathers, and there ye shall serve other gods day and night, and I will not show you favor. Notice in there, it talks about the mirth, the voice of mirth. It talks about the eating, the drinking. It talks about the marriages that are going on. And what are something real big too about marriages too? You know, it's all about the feast afterwards and it's all about, you know, the dances and all the entertainment and the music. That is how we are in our country. It's like we are, we're just, we're obsessed with the entertainment. We're obsessed with the noise. We're obsessed with the activity, especially the group stuff. One of the ways that we celebrate, one of the ways we party in this country too, is we eat, don't we? I mean, just the feasting and going and, 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 you know, going to the buffets and things like that. We do these things. These things kind of help. Let's just admit it. They kind of help hide the pain sometimes. When you're stressed out because you're struggling financially, what do we like to do? We like to go spend more money. You know, we like to go shop. We like to go, you know, indulge ourselves with useless things. You know, we'll go stuff our face at the fancy restaurant. We'll go to the movie theaters and pay all kinds. I don't even know what it costs. You know, for, to go watch a movie with a bunch of people. How does that help in our financial situation? But you know what? It helps us forget about our financial situation. It gives us a little bit of time where we can forget those things, but in the meantime, it's still coming. And we see in all these passages where God's warning about the destruction coming, that it's like the last thing that stops is the entertainment. We will be entertained until we are destroyed. That will be the last thing that will go. Look what it says in Jeremiah twenty five ten. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstone and the light of the candle. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And so God told you know, we see with Israel, while for a long time God prophesied come in destruction, the mirth did not cease until Babylon came and took them captive. After they were taking out, taken out of their land, after it's too late, after there was no turning back, then the mirth ceased. But it didn't matter. There was no time for them to get anything right. There was no time to fix anything. Hosea 2.11, I will cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbath, and all her solemn feasts. Okay? We're like that in our country too. We're all about the different holidays where we have our feasts you know, and where we just we party and we celebrate. And it's an excuse for us to you know, take another day off work and just to forget about all of our problems. But what's interesting, and in a lot of these here, these are all talking specifically about when God came and you know, uh, allowed Babylon to come and take Israel over. But interestingly enough, in the future, something that we have to look forward to Notice this in Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Notice how in the days of Noah, they knew judgment was coming. Noah warned people judgment's coming. He's building an ark. But what are the people doing? 
They're ignoring it. They're not getting right with God. What are they doing? They're eating, drinking, marrying, giving marriage. What are they? They're having a good time. They're partying. They're enjoying mirth. They're being entertained. And it wasn't until, and then finally, they entertained themselves up until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And then the flood came and it was too late at that point. The mirth ceased then, and it's going to be the same thing before Jesus Christ returns. It says in Luke 17, 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So right there, same thing, Sodom and Gomorrah. They're partying, they're celebrating. Enjoying mirth, enjoying entertainment up until destruction. And it's like we think in this country that because of the fact that we still have the money that I mean, some of these movies that come out, I mean, they're grossing almost a billion dollars at the box office. And I used to say this and I've heard people say this before. It's like, well, we must not be struggling too bad in this country where you can still spend a billion dollars to go watch movies. But when we look at the Bible, the people are all about entertainment and being entertained right up into destruction. To me, the fact that we are so obsessed with entertainment, the fact that you got these millennials that can't even walk down the street without looking at their cell phones and having their earplugs and things and you know, just constantly being entertained every second of the day, it just it shows where we're at. And they're just oblivious to the wickedness that's going on. They're oblivious to what's going on in our own government. I mean, our own government, I mean, Donald Trump, you know, the hope of Baptist today goes, you know, he's, or he signs that massive spending bill. These Baptists have been treating him like the Messiah. You know, they don't even know what to do now. You know, what happened? You know, our Messiah, what's, what was he thinking? I mean, they haven't called him that, but that's how they act. And they're just oblivious. And you know what? I'm telling you right now, Baptists are all mad at Trump right now. And rightfully so. And I hope they keep running their mouths about him. But you know what? All Trump has to do, Trump can change that just like that. May 14th is coming up. 70th anniversary of Israel. All he's got to do is something pro-Israel. And then Baptists will be back to kissing his feet. And that's coming. They're going to want to do something for Israel on that 70th anniversary. And these dingbat Baptists are just going to go ape over it. And I called it. And I'm, gonna, I'm calling, and I, I, I'm saying I called it, and it hasn't even happened yet. But I called it. That's how sure I am of it. And I fully intend to humiliate some of these people that get caught up in this junk. So that's terrible. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, it, it's ridiculous. But we do, the, our, 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 we're just oblivious. And even Christians today are oblivious. They can't even see how dead their churches are. They can't even see how spiritually worthless their churches are. They, they, they don't even realize it when preachers get up and just preach blatant heresy. You know why? They're oblivious to it because of the fact churches today have learned how to entertain. They know how to put on a good show. We've got all these people that are wondering how in the world, how in the world is Sam Gipp getting up and preaching the stuff that he's preaching in church and nobody's complaining about it? How is he getting up in a Baptist church and preaching the junk that he does, preaching that the Gentiles are plan B and nobody cares, nobody bats an eye? How is that? You know why? Because the guy knows how to put on a good show. He puts on a good stand-up comedy. That's all, that's all his preaching is. It's a stand-up comedy 
with some Bible. And the guy's going off his rocker nuts. He just tagged Pastor Anderson again this last week because Pastor Anderson went and the... I mean, I'm almost feeling sorry for Gip. I mean, he, Gip's only got a few routines that he does that have made him famous. And one of them is his, inter- you know, his proof of why Easter should have been used in the King James Bible. And Pastor Anderson just went and easily proved that, yeah, it is supposed to be Easter, but not for the reason Sam Gip's saying. And it makes so much sense what he taught versus what Gip taught, once again, making Gip look like the fool that he is. And the thing is, Baptists are so dumb today, they're so doctrinally illiterate, they're so obsessed with just being entertained, that this guy that just puts on a good stand-up comedy has convinced some people that he's smart, and he is not. He is not smart at all. He is an entertainer. And the thing, Baptist churches are so dead, they think when guys like him come in, that the Spirit of God is moving in the church. And remember what I talked about a couple weeks ago with Spirit, okay? Spirit is, the, is life that's in us, that show, you know, we have personality and stuff. And here's the Spirit that He brings into the church. You got a dead church where the people sit there like bumping the logs, and Git comes in and knows how to get a laugh out of the people. And that's all He does. He gets laughs out of the people, and whoa, the people in our church made noise this week. The people in our, somebody moved. You know, somebody laughed during the service. Oh man, we've got spirit in our church. But it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of laughter. It's just the spirit of living people. Yeah, the people actually look like they're alive today instead of dead. And you would think the fact that they have to get a shameful entertainer like him in their church to have any type of, you know, evidence of life would be a revelation to them that we are in big trouble and we need to get right. But what do they do? They just keep on enjoying the entertainment. If that's not enough, let's bring in the singing groups. You know, let's bring in a singing group. Let's bring in these Southern Gospel groups that know how to get everybody fired up and can put on a good show. And it's just, churches have become a house of entertainment. A house of mirth. And that's a house of fools. According to what the Bible says. But we see the reason churches are turning into entertainment centers today is because of the fact that they're about to be destroyed. They are, some of these places are already done. And some of them are just about done. They're that close. And the fact that they need you know, the Sam Gips and people like him, the fact that they need to get these showboat entertainers that do their acrobats and things during their messages, that ought to be a sign to them that we are dead meat. And we better get right with God. But you know what? That's not what they do. Just keep entertaining me. Just keep entertaining me. You know, Gip will get a few more jokes. You know, you know, you know he, he, he doesn't have that many. He, he really doesn't. And it, it's, it's a sad thing. But this is, this is the reality of the way it is. Look what it says in Psalms 137, in verse 1. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remember Zion, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. This is after they've been taken captive, okay? This is when the mirth has ceased. And those who took them captive, they required of them a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. They're saying, hey, we want you to entertain us now. But they said, how should we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? You know what? They didn't feel like singing anymore. Now that judgment's come, they don't feel like entertainment anymore. But now it's too late. Now it's, 
it's, there's nothing that they can do about it. And our, our country knows it has problems, but it chooses to ignore them by sitting on their couch and getting entertained. You know, our country needs to be in a time of mourning. So we will actually fix the problems, but it's easier to just ignore and forget by being entertained. Remember Josiah when he was king? He was one who loved the Lord, but it was years into his reign when they found the book of the law and they read it to him. And you know what he did? You know, he didn't call for the minstrels and things to come entertain him. No, he rent his clothes and he, he declared a fast and he mourned. And he said, we've got to get this right because judgment's coming. That's what God wants us to do. But many people today, instead of mourning, they go to the house of fools. They go to be entertained when things are going bad in their life, when, when troubles are coming their way, instead of getting woke up by it, instead of going after what the word of God says and changing things in their life. I know I need to get into church, but they'd rather go to the house of fools. They'd rather go to the entertainment church. Let's go to a church where they can sing some songs to make me feel good. Let's go to one where I can dance. I want to go and I want to hear the noise. I, I want to see the entertainers. I don't want to hear a guy get up and preach and hit on my sins. I want the stand up comedy. I want, I want those feel-good routines. That's what they're looking for today. They're not looking for doctrine. They're not looking for hard preaching. They're not looking for somebody to get up and reprove and rebuke them. And churches today, they are becoming, they're becoming entertainment centers. That is a sure sign that the Spirit of God is not present in these churches. Notice these places that are having all this mirth and entertainment before their destruction, the Spirit of God's already gone. The Spirit of God's gone. That's why they are turning to all these other things. And the very fact that churches are turning to these things, that is evidence that the Spirit of God is gone. The fact that they have to have, they're turning their churches, converting them into the community fund centers, the Chuck E. Cheese churches, as we like to call them, that is proof that there is no Spirit of God in that church. When they got to bring in the rock bands and when they got to put in the water slides into the baptistries and things like that, that is a sign that the Spirit of God is not in that church. Turn over to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Uh, and look what it says. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture where we have the children of Israel. Moses, he's gone up into the mountain. The children of Israel got tired of waiting. They got bored. And look what it says in chapter 32, verse 1. It says that when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not as become of him. Hey, Moses is delaying. We're bored. We need something to do. You know what? Forget about waiting for him to get a message from God and coming back. You know what? We need to do something now. Okay, the crowd's dwindling now. We got to do something now. So what does he do? Let's get another God. Let's make, let's make a calf. They got bored. You know what the problem with a lot of churches today is they're just, they're bored. Sometimes, like we talked about this morning, we've got to sow and we've got to wait. We've got to have times of waiting and trusting in the Lord. And people today, they don't want to do that. They're impatient. I don't want to wait. Yeah, but no, you got to wait. You got to stay faithful. You got to keep doing the things he said to do. And many churches today, they're in a time where God is testing them. They're supposed to be waiting on the Lord, but they get bored. And you know what? Look at the entertainment fun center down there, you know, down the road. They got a bigger crowd than we do. What are they doing? You know, they're bringing in the bands. They're bringing in the dancers. They're bringing in the praise teams. Why don't we do some of that stuff? You know, why don't we bring in the, the, the comedians? You know, why don't we bring in 
some of these people and you know have a good time because they're bored. They're bored with the Word of God. Now, part of the problem there, it's not all the people. Sometimes it's just the pastor. You know, he can't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. The pastor gets all of his messages online. The pastor, you know, he, he's afraid to preach anything controversial at all because he's worried about losing the money in the church. And he's starving the people out. But at the same time, you know, they, the problem is they're just bored. We see, and look what it says, um, and you all know the story, but look at verse 7. We're not going to read it all. I'm going to kind of jump around. Verse 7 it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I command them, and have made them a uh, molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. We see these people, he said they quickly turned out of the way. Now, they acted like they've been waiting for a long time. But it wasn't that long. Forty days. And God said they quickly turned out of the way I commanded them. And we see they had no interest in holiness or obedience. Because what did they, what did they do? First off, they copied off the gods of Egypt. Second of all, they're naked. You know, they're doing all kinds of wickedness. They're sacrificing to a false god. This crowd clearly was not interested in holiness and obedience to God. And you know what? You know, in these dead churches that are like this, you don't hear a lot of preaching on holiness. You don't hear a lot of preaching on obedience to God. You don't see them teaching them the laws of God. No, they get these dispensational goofballs coming in there telling us the Old Testament, you know, that doesn't matter. That's not for us. It's for the Jews. And we need to know these things. We need to find, we need the Old Testament to show what pleases God. But they're just trying to ignore all these things. And they're even now, I mean, Pretty much, according to many dispensationalists, all that's really ours is some of the book of Acts through Philemon. That's about it. And listen, there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that we need that needs to be taught today. There's a lot of stuff in the Gospels that needs to be taught today. But we got these trendy dudes out there too teaching that we Sermon on the Mount doesn't even apply to us. That is so messed up. It's, it's not even funny. And that's why they're going after these things. That's why they're going after entertainment. These people that are turning their churches into entertainment centers, they're not doing that because they're trying to get right with God. Okay? They're doing that trying to appeal to the flesh. What did all everything that the children of Israel did with that golden cap, it was all about the flesh, wasn't it? Every bit of it. And everything these churches are turning to, it's all about fleshly entertainment, every bit of it. We see because they didn't like the commands of God, they followed the gods of Egypt, but they called them Lord. Look what it says in verse 4. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. And after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. Now, let me ask you, was anything they were doing anywhere near anything worshiping God, serving God? Was that golden calf God in any way, shape, or form? Was it their Lord in any way, shape, or form? No, but they said He was. And we live in a country where if somebody says they are something, we're supposed to recognize that. No matter how messed up some people's teachings are, if they say they're Baptist, if they say they're saved, we're just supposed to agree with that. But wait a minute, they're teaching another gospel. They're not a Baptist. 
They're not saved. They're teaching a works-based salvation. They're not saved. They're not a Baptist. Yeah, but they're called a Baptist. Their church is called Baptist. Well, guess what? Aaron called the golden calf the Lord. But was that the Lord? No, just because somebody declares something to be the Lord, something to be of God, just because somebody calls themselves Baptist, Baptists are independent. We're not a denomination. Anybody that wants to can call themselves Baptist if they want to. And us as a church, we can't necessarily go and take that tide away from them. But I'll tell you right now, when you have these three gospel dispensationalists coming up and saying that they're Baptist, and saying they're saved, I'll say they're not saved. And I've got that on good authority in the Bible because it says, when you preach any other gospel, let it be accursed. And it repeats it. And it's clear there is not another. There will be some that would pervert the gospel. These people are not saved, but they say they're saved. They say they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, you're taking away their salvation if you say they're not saved. I'm not... I, I believe in eternal security. Can't take anybody's salvation away. But not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. You hear that? Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord. That was Jesus talking. Not everyone who proclaims the name of Jesus is going to the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be those who have received the gift of salvation. Those who truly call on the Lord with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Well, yeah, but I heard what that guy said. He said a lot of things that line up with what we say. Sounds like he, sounds like he got saved. Yeah, because he's lying to you. Because he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And you can't tell. So not, yeah, no, he, he's way too nice. He's too funny. He's too, once again, these, if, as long as these people are entertaining, people will accept them. Sure sign of destruction. Sure sign that there are, there are great problems coming their way. But we see for Aaron... Aaron, you know, he was like the, you know, I, you know, he was like the first pastor trendy that there was. You know, first thing Aaron did, I, I know if, if this was in 2018, you know, the Bible would have read. And after this, you know, Aaron put on his skinny jeans and his pink shirt and, you know, spiked up his hair. And, you know, th- that's exactly what he would do. Because look what Aaron said. Look at look at verse 19. This is after Moses comes down from off the mountain. And it says, and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf, the dancing of Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast his tables out of his hand and break them beneath them out. And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel to drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did the people unto thee that thou hast brought so great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of them. What is he saying? The people told me to do it. You know what, you know what Aaron said? It's what the community wanted. It's all about the community. You know, the community doesn't like us knocking on their doors. The community doesn't like confrontational soul winning. You know, the community doesn't like the traditional music. We've got to find a way to make this more community friendly. You know, okay, Pastor Aaron. All right, but you know what? Moses didn't like what Aaron was doing, did he? He was pretty upset with what Aaron did. Aaron was a pushover. Aaron was a coward. Aaron was a wimp. And he gave the people what they wanted. And Moses was like, what did they do to you? And all they did was, they didn't even physically do anything, did they? You know, you know, he said, well, they're set on mischief. He was saying, you know, they would have done something. I was just trying to protect myself. 
You know, maybe that's what Pastor Trendy says. You know, I, mean, I got I got to support my wife and kids. You know, the people are going to fight. The church is going to fire me. You know, if I didn't bring this junk into the church. But you know what? We, he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have gone along with them. He should have let them do whatever. But he didn't. And Aaron made the people to sin that day. It's a, to me, it's amazing God even used Aaron after that. And so maybe there's hope for Pastor Trendy out there if he just man up and do the right thing, and start preaching the truth, and start acting like a man, dressing like a man, talking like a man, you know what? Maybe God would still use them, alright? Maybe those pastor trendies, they're not reprobate, alright? They just need a Moses to come along and just chew them out a little bit. And that, that's what Aaron did. But we see, they, you know, and, but what did the community want? A good time. Let's have fun, let's have a party. And that is exactly what they did. And so what is the what is the cure for society's addiction to entertainment? And I think simply put, is just a good old-fashioned dose of the truth. Okay? Now understand, when we hit people with truth, they've got two choices, alright? They're either going to listen to it, or what are they going to do? They're going to run to their televisions. They're going to run to their computers. They're going to run to their cell phones. They're going to run to their entertainment. They're going to go take another pill. You know, to that's what they're going to do. And unfortunately, we can't, you know, I wish we could just take everybody's entertainment away. You know, I don't think the answer is going and blowing up Hollywood or anything like that. That's that's not going to work it. That, that's not going to work. But, you know, here's the thing. When you know the truth. You have a harder time watching that jump. OK, for example, Bible movies. OK, you think about. All right, let's Noah Noah's the Ark. Noah, the one movie they did a few years ago. I'm sorry. I know they spent a lot of money on that movie. I know it was visually impressive and all that stuff. But if you know the Bible, if you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, you cannot watch that movie and enjoy it. Your blood will boil. Alright? Moses or Exodus. Okay? I don't care how much money they spent on that. I don't care what big name actors they got on there. I was furious the entire time I watched that show. I did not enjoy that one bit. And you know what? They've got some more Bible movies coming out pretty soon. I forgot even what they were. And I am not interested at all. You know why? Because I know the truth. And so I'm not, I can't enjoy that stuff. And people who know the truth, People who understand reality, they can't enjoy those things. I can't enjoy CNN. I can't enjoy Fox News. Sorry, Fox News Baptist. I can't enjoy that. I can't enjoy that junk. When I know the truth about things, and you know what? I don't care how funny some of these preachers' jokes are. I can't enjoy them when they're preaching garbage. But you know what? Many people today, they can. You know what? Because they're ignorant of the Scriptures. And if, even if they do know, a lot of times they'll just gravitate to their entertainment. Oh, let's focus on the jokes. <laughs> and, and that's what they do. And I've heard people before. You know, I've heard people that are just kind of ignorant about Sam Gipp and they'll, they'll talk about him. And one of the things they always bring up about him is how funny he is and how nice of a guy he is. Well, yeah, a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's got to wear the sheep's clothing. He's got to look nice. He's got to act nice. Especially to the pastor's family. Let me tell you, and I noticed this growing up, evangelists are very nice to preacher's kids. 
And I used to think, man, evangelists are just nice people. But later I learned that it's very beneficial to be nice to the preacher's kids. You know, it helps if the guy who is going to be making a decision about whether to support them, whether to have them come and preach a meeting, give them a big love offering, is hearing good things from the people that he loves the most. And so they are. They're often very nice to the pastor's wives and their kids. Now listen, some evangelists are nice people. Okay? But some of them are snakes. Okay? Some of them are wolves in sheep's clothing and they're bringing in damnable heresies. And they are, they're the nicest people. And pastor's wives love these people. You know, because women are more easily duped by a lot of these things. And you know how many pastors' wives don't know a thing about Bible doctrine? It is pretty sad how little some pastors' wives know about doctrine. My wife's not like that. She's not entertained by those people at all. And it's because when you know the truth, that entertainment does not bring you pleasure. It only makes you angry. And so we've got, that's why we've got to keep teaching the truth. We just got to keep getting out there. Look, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to destroy anybody's churches. I don't, I don't want to hurt. Any, I, I, I'm not out there trying to hurt anybody. But one thing I do fully intend to do, I do fully intend to continue to preach the truth as much as I can, as loud as I can, where as many people can hear it as possible. And I, if, if, if I'm doing that, if I'm preaching the truth, if I'm teaching people the truth, where they themselves know the truth, they don't just know what position they should hold. Like in a lot of these churches. A lot of churches, they know what their pastor teaches, therefore that's my position. But they don't know why they believe it. But when people know the truth, they can't stomach that junk. No matter how entertaining the guy is. No matter how nice he is, they can't stomach it. And the way that we're going to defeat these false prophets out there and this false, reli- or this false doctrine coming out of these religions is teaching more and more people the truth where they can take a Bible and they can prove it themselves. As long as we're doing that and helping people in that area, I mean, the gifts and people like him are going to hate us more and more. They're, they're going to go nuts. They're going to keep having strokes and, you know, getting on new medications and all these things. I mean, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time because we're, we're, going to, we're destroying them. And I fully intend to keep on doing it and enjoying every minute of it. Minute of it. But it's, because it's hard to listen to the line and you know the truth. And so, people who believe in the inspiration of the Scriptures, you know, they, can, they can't enjoy it. You, you can't enjoy that movie. When you believe... If you just saw the Bible, okay, as... You know, a book of stories. Then those movies aren't going to bother you when they change the stories a little bit. Okay, you know, and I've heard I've heard stories too about people uh, like in the um, you know comic book people. All right, I'm not a comic book guy, but the hardcore comic book people they always get mad at superhero movies because superhero movies always change the stories. And there's always these nerds out there that are just getting infuriated. Because I can't believe they did that. The comic book, you know, it's like they believe in the inspiration of the comic book. And so they can't enjoy the movie because, you know, things didn't play out in the movie like it did in the comic book. Boy, if we could just get God's people to be that same way with the Bible. That doesn't line up with the Bible. Why in the world are you preaching that? We're not going to put up with that stuff. People do. If, they, if, if God's people cared as much about the inspiration of scriptures as the millennial goofballs out there care about comic books, 
Boy, we'd be doing great. These false prophets, they would have no place in Baptist churches. They would be run out on a rail. But we, we don't care. But when you believe in the inspiration of the Scriptures, you can't enjoy that. You can't, you're, you're not going to get any pleasure. You're not going to get any entertainment from that. And as long as people know the truth, as long as we keep spreading the truth, I don't care how big Joel Osteen smiles, and I don't care how fancy his music program is, people are going to hate the guy because he's preaching lies. I don't care how sweet and how nice, you know, Billy, Billy Graham's dead now, but the guy's like, nobody's going to listen to him if they know the truth about salvation. I don't care how big some of these churches are. I don't care how fancy they are. I don't care how many degrees some of these people have. Don't care. I don't care how funny Sam Gipp's stories are and how good his jokes are and how quick his wit is. As long as people know the truth, there will be no place for that in those churches. And that's why we've got to get the truth out there. The truth will keep it, make it where we can't enjoy that entertainment. Where we can't enjoy that mirth. And then we will be in a position where if we need to be dealt with, if we need to be mourning, that's exactly what we can do. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And let me show you, let me show you something there. So in verse 1, it says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Alright? Shouldn't a birthday be a bigger day? Well, here's the thing. When a child is born, what is it accomplished? Nothing. Okay? We need, you know, the goal is not to just get into the world, is it? The goal is how are we going to go out of this world? Okay? It's the end of the thing that's important. It is better to go into the house of mourning than to go into the house of feasting for that is the end of all men and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. That sorrow that we have, we're not supposed to take a pill to make it go away. We're supposed to say, why am I sad? And then we're supposed to fix that. That way we don't have more judgment coming our way. It is better to hear the rebuke of the, or, um, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the uh, heart of fools is in the house of mirth. The house of mourning. That's what church ought to be sometimes. Sometimes church needs to be a house of mourning where a preacher gets up and just rips your face off for all the sin that's in your life because of all the junk it's going to bring your way. And you ought to be sad. You ought to be crying. You ought to be convicted. And then you ought to get right. Because and you say, well, that's no fun. I don't like getting my face ripped off. But yeah, if I, you get your face ripped off, all right, you know, it'll heal. And you'll become better as a result of it. But if you don't get your face ripped, if I just come up and I entertain you every week, you're going to continue going, getting worse and worse and judgment's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and you're just asleep to it and one of these days, fun's over. And then it's too late for you to fix it. And that's why the fool though, it goes in the house of mirth. The people who don't like getting their ripped, faces ripped, the fools, they're going to go to Pastor Trendy's church. They're going to go to the entertainment Church, it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the songs of fools. Would you rather hear a wise man tell you off? Or would you rather hear a fool sing your praises? Hey, it's more pleasurable, it's more entertaining hearing somebody sing your praises. But that's not going to help you. Especially if you are a fool. And especially if you are wrong. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. It's going to go away. That laughter goes away quick. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. 
Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So we see, that's just, it's kind of like the idea, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Why? Those who mourn, they're going to get right. And you know what? God's going to comfort them because they got right. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst. Those aren't fun, but after righteous, they shall be filled. You know, blessed are the merciful. I'd rather get revenge sometimes. The Bible says they'll obtain mercy. It's, it, that passage in Ecclesiastes, is, while it's mentioning different things, the concept of it is the same as the Beatitudes in Matthew. And that's what we've got to be thinking of. And people today, they're thinking only about this moment. And in this moment, it's more fun to be entertained. It's more fun to watch the show. It's more fun to watch the production. But understand that societies, right before they go down, they're, they're entertained into destruction. And that's how they're going to get us in this country. They're going to keep improving the entertainment while they keep shoving junk in our laws and in our government. And one of these days, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we have no freedom and where we are, are destroyed. And then the fun's going to be gone. After they get what they want, the entertainment will go away. It costs too much money. They're doing it now, though, because it's winning us over. It's keeping us asleep. The end result for those who give themselves over to mirth or entertainment is they eventually come to a point where they can't be entertained. Look what it says in Psalms 137, verse 1. Uh, we, we looked at that verse earlier, but I'll look at verse 3. It says, And there they carried us away captive, required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth. Saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Notice before they got taken captive, they were enjoying mirth. The entertainment was going on. The noise was going on. They were having a good time. But then finally, God caused it to cease. He allowed Babylon to come. And then here they are, their captors are requiring of them, hey, y'all are a musical people. Y'all are a singing people. Y'all are good at entertainment. Y'all were known for entertainment. That was something that was big over there in Israel. Let's see some of your entertainment right now. All right? You put on a show for us. They couldn't do it. They were too sad. But what, they're, you know, they're in a strange land. These songs, they don't apply over here where we're at. And with the other, you know, sing one of those songs of Zion. It's amazing how many churches have taken good songs, good Christian songs with good meanings, but they've rocked those things up and just made it entertaining to, in a way that appeals to the flesh. And then when, these people, when we're in a position maybe where we don't have the crowd, we don't have the lights, we don't have the music, and we only have the message, it's like it doesn't mean anything to these people anymore. You know why? Because it's too late for them. They missed their chance to get right. But the truth is, the end result for those who are right with God, they can find mirth. They can find joy in the darkest places. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse 22. And the multitude rose up against them, together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safety or safely who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Notice this, how Paul and Silas, they've just gone through all this horrible stuff. 
They're in a situation that is opposite of pleasurable, kind of like we see in Ecclesiastes 7, kind of like we see in the Beatitudes. But then what do these guys do? Here they are in a dark place and they are being entertained by the Spirit of God. Not, not only are they singing and entertaining themselves and enjoying themselves in the will of God, but then all of a sudden God shows up and puts on a show and we got an earthquake that basically frees all the prisoners. That would have been a cool thing to see. That would be any movie or any play that they could have done back in that day. Those guys got to experience that. Why? You know why? Because these guys didn't live like fools, living for the moment, living for the entertainment. These guys lived for the Lord. And they were willing to go through the hard times, going through the dark times. And you know what? When they got in those dark times, they were still able to enjoy themselves. They were still able to have a good time and to have some entertainment and pleasure. And I'm telling you today, the entertainment of our country, of our world, the entertainment that is coming into church today, it's just a smokescreen. It's just to distract us. To keep us not paying attention to the destruction that is coming our way. The, the entertainment that's in churches, the fun music, the com- stand-up comedians that they have coming in, these are smoke screens, so we won't notice the false doctrine that they're bringing in with that that's ultimately going to destroy us. And we better watch out for that. And we better be serious. And we better, not, we better quit running from things that make us feel bad and make us uncomfortable. Let's embrace those things because that's what will actually fix us so we won't find ourselves in a place someday where we're in judgment and nothing can entertain us. And that's not what I want. I don't think that's what any of us want. So keep those things in mind. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word and for the warnings it gives. And God, I pray You'll help us in our our pathetic, lazy, just uh, selfish society that constantly has to be entertained, that's constantly got to be watching stuff, listening to stuff. God, I pray you'll help us to learn to tune that stuff out, to ignore it, to set it aside, and to uh, be willing to embrace the things that make us uncomfortable so we can get things right. I pray you'll help us as a church to never become an entertainment center. I pray we'll never uh, bring in the stand-up comedians like happening in a lot of Baptist churches, but we'll uh, stick to the Word of God. We'll stick to the, the hard preaching and the, the clear biblical doctrine. And I pray, Lord, that you'll spare us from uh, some of the judgment that's coming our way, Lord. And if we do, if we must go through it, if we must go through some tribulation, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be able to be like Paul and Silas, where even in those dark times, we'll still be able to have joy in you and we'll be able to continue seeing you do great things while the rest of uh, society is being destroyed. I pray you'll help us. In your name we pray. Amen.